It's time for a pause in your day. Welcome to a podcast where we press the pause button on our busy lives for a few moments, and we focus on God's Word with Sharon and Nicole. We pray this is a time of refreshing for you. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to Sweet Sela Moments. This is episode 124, Prophecy and Promise at Christmas Time. We are taping this early, but by the time you hear us, Christmas will be just a few days away. Are you ready? Are you excited? We hope so. Sometimes Christmas can be a big disappointment when expectations fall through. Illness and bad weather can get in the way of the plans we make. We hope better for you this year. Sharon, I've been anticipating Christmas for a long time. I do my shopping as early as I can, as my goal each year is to be shopped, wrapped, and ready for Christmas before December 1st. You are stunning with that, Nicole. I heard that somewhere. I read it somewhere, or someone told me, and I said, that is what I want to do. It sounds wonderful, so it was not my own creation. (laughs) But that leaves the month free for time with family and friends, and slow drives with hot cocoa to see lights in the neighborhood, and you know, so many of those little activities that my kids just love to do that get lost in the shuffle if I'm running around last minute Mm -hmm. getting things together. Mm -hmm. So for so many years, I was overwhelmed and did not enjoy the season because I was so busy with merrymaking. I didn't even have time to sit and read a couple fun books with my kids. We used to have all these Christmas books I'd pull out just at Christmas time and every year I'd look and go, we didn't read any of them. And that made me so sad. (laughs) I said, I need to read these books. So now I keep things really simple and plan things out in advance so I don't feel that hurry feeling that can steal joy. Yes. It's awful. So it really gets in the way of anticipation of Christmas to be so busy. So I can't sit and reflect on Jesus's miraculous birth if I'm stressed and frantic. So this year I am really anticipating the peace of the season now. I am so impressed by you. (laughs) And I'm not a shopper, so I do it all in one day. Do you? Yes. And I just, I, I make my big long list and I start early and I just go to the stores and when I'm done, I'm done because wow. I don't like shopping. So it has to be just one day. That's yeah. all I can endure. So I haven't started. <laughs> There's still a few days left to get it done, you know? <laughs> yes, but um, I will. That's awesome. <laughs> what I'm anticipating is it's been a long time since I have had all my grandchildren in my own home oh. for Christmas. We often go to see them, but they're all coming to us. And now that I've invited them and they're all coming, I'm a little panicked because there are seven of them and they are older now so they are big and it is a small house and it'll be winter so um I'm working on, you know, where are the boots going to go? Where are the coats going to oh, go? Sure. What are we going to do every day? And I have this really fun Christmas pickle game we're going to play. Oh, fun. We have a little pickle we hide on the tree. Yeah. And we're going to hide it every day. Oh, I love that. And there'll be a present every day for the pickle finder. Sharon, what a fun idea. That's a it's great idea. It's going to be so fun. And sometimes the present will be just for the pickle finder, but sometimes <laughs> it'll be like candy canes for everybody. And oh, they'll they'll share out the candy canes and stuff. So, so I want to come to your house and play this game. <laughs> <laughs> and another rule, once someone has found the pickle, they get to hide the pickle but not participate. Oh. So that like the little guys that may not find the pickle as fast get a chance to find the pickle. Oh, so that's great. Wow. I'm having I'm, I'm having impressed. fun with the <laughs> 
So I hope they do. So Oh, that's so fun. So a lot of the fun for me right now is anticipating. Yeah. It really is. Oh, so. it's the best part sometimes. Yeah. But anticipation isn't new. <laughs> From earliest days, people have looked forward to different events. Yes. The Old Testament is full of holidays and feast days. And I suspect people looked forward to ceasing work, mm. which you do at a holiday, yeah. and just enjoying themselves. We all need the rhythm of work, rest, play. Mm -hmm. So today, we're going to look at some key passages of anticipation of the birth of the Messiah, and then we are going to do some anticipating of our own as we anticipate a second coming as king. Oh, so. fun. I love this. So we'll start with prophecies and go back and forth sharing what the prophets said and then how they were fulfilled. And we'll answer the question every time, what was being anticipated? So Sharon, why don't you start us off in Genesis? Seems like um, a good place to start. <laughs> right at the beginning. I remember back in my college days at Gordon College, learning about the first mention of Jesus in the Bible mm. and being astonished that it happened in Genesis. That's good so grief. It's called in theological language the proto see if I can say it, proto-evangelium. <laughs> now there's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> the definition from Merriam's dictionary is this a messianic interpretation of a text, mm. presaging man's ultimate triumph over sin through a coming savior, used as the first anticipation of the gospel. Mm, and that's definitely. Genesis 3:15. So I'm going to read Genesis 3, 14 and 15. It's the part where God is angry with the serpent for having deceived Eve mm. and then her um, eating and Adam eating the forbidden fruit. Mm. The serpent gets an immediate consequence and a future consequence to anticipate. Mm. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's negative for sure. Mm. Nothing nice about this anticipation. Here's the passage. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. Mm. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head. You will strike his heel. So way back in the beginning of time, <laughs> God knew he would send his son to be an offspring of a woman. Wow. Stunning. Yeah. We read all about it all over the New Testament. I chose a verse from Paul's letter to the Galatians, Galatians 4.4, 4, that shows that fulfillment. It says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, mm. subject to the law. So... Here's the anticipation. This curse was passed on orally from Adam, who mm -hmm. heard it, mm -hmm. um, to his children. Guess what God told the serpent, right? right? It was all oral right from the beginning. Yeah. And the children passed it on. In the garden, this is what happened. It, mm -hmm. Nothing was written down till Moses. So wow. this was oral history. Oh, that's so cool. I forget about Isn't that. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And you can just hear the, the grandfather telling the children around mm. the campfire, and God said to the serpent, you will grovel on your belly for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> right. All that stuff. So the anticipation was there, and then Moses wrote it down, that there would come a time when the enemy, the serpent, would be crushed in the head mm. by someone who would be born of a woman who was strong enough to deal with him. What a reassurance. Yeah. Someday, Satan, because of course Satan is represented by the sermon, we're going to smash you in the head. Yeah. yeah. It's a little fuzzy, not made clear until much later. They're, re they're reciting things they don't completely understand, but right. still, it was there. Satan, who inhabited the serpent, might strike the Redeemer's heel, mm. but the Christ, the anointed one, would strike his head. Mm. There would be a battle, and 
where would you rather be hit, your head or your heel? <laughs> right, head's uh-huh. a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah, the head is it. Where is the most damage inflicted? Your head. Yeah. I love that right after the fall, from that great perfection of the Garden of Eden, God was already setting up a plan to defeat the enemy. Mm. Okay, Nicole, That's your so turn. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what else does the Bible say about Jesus coming, his yeah. birth? Oh, this is going to be so fun. So I'm going to read from Numbers 24, 17 first. So um, the verse is, I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. So this is interesting. So the prophecy here is from Balaam, and he's actually not a he's not a prophet from God. I think he's a pagan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. prophet. Um, And the sea is more of an inner anticipation or expectation of a future seeing because he's not going to see Jesus tomorrow. (laughs) Right. But because we will all see Jesus one day when we stand before him for final judgment. Um, And sometimes in prophecies, the timeline is hard to tell because they'll be given a vision and then even the prophets aren't entirely sure when this will come about. But for this one, there's definitely a far out happening. (laughs) Yes. So, and then he talks about the star. A star will rise from Jacob. And the star is both literal and metaphorical. An actual star in the sky to signify a king has been born. But because it's such a heavenly sign, it points to the fact that Jesus is God's son. Not Mm -hmm. just a grand king, but the grand king. Um, And then Jesus is also called the bright and morning star. I think that's in Matthew is where they call him that. Mm -hmm. So, And then the name Jacob is listed in connection with his descent from the line of David. So it fulfills a prophecy that he will come from the line of David, Mm -hmm. from Jacob, also called Israel. Uh So there's a lot just in the beginning. Yes. (laughs) And then the scepter will emerge from Israel. So again, the scepter is referring to royalty, Mm -hmm. that he is Mm -hmm. coming from the line of Jacob and David, and that's a royal line. Yes. So very cool. Yeah, just in that. So then we read in Matthew the anticipation or the conclusion of that. Um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And that's Matthew 2, 1 through 2. So we see the actual physical star here, the one God placed in the sky to announce his son's birth. And the birth of a star or a person of great importance, a celebrity, was mm-hmm. also born, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was God's son, the Messiah. This is the most anticipated arrival ever in history. The Jewish nation of Israel had been longing for and anticipating his arrival for hundreds of years. Hundreds. They had that 400 period of silence yes. that was just yes. gr- excruciating for them. And also the wise men correctly call him king and have come to worship him as he deserves. It's pretty amazing to see how all these little things line up just Isn't from it? one verse to his birth. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I'm sure there's more in there, but I was like, okay, that's probably good. <laughs> it's fabulous. It, it is. is. <laughs> and kudos to the wise men who came so far away because yes. they anticipated and yearned to see the newborn king. Wasn't that so cool? They must have yeah. been watching. I wonder if they knew yeah. beforehand to watch the sky mm-hmm. or they just happened to go, hey, What's that new star? Let's figure it out. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, so cool. I love it. I love it. Okay. Here's the next one that we chose. It's um, Psalm 72, 10 and 11. The western kings of Tarshish and other distant lands will bring him tribute. The eastern kings of Sheba and Seba will bring him gifts. All kings will bow before him and all hmm. nations will serve him. Cool. So here we go. 
Solomon is about to ascend to the throne in this particular psalm, and it ends with the prayers of David um, about Solomon, and he's seeing into the future, and he's seeing that there's going to come a time when Messiah will be there, and kings will come and worship from far lands, mm. and they will bring gifts. I just can't stand it because (laughs) Matthew 2.11 says, They, the wise men, entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests (laughs) and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's just so cool. David, again, like you said, prophet prophecies, the person that's prophesying is seeing vaguely into the future. Yes. Right? They don't know exactly, but these wise men that may or may not have been actual kings, but maybe they were kings, who knows? But they're coming with wealth, Mm -hmm. they're coming with the bearing of kings, and they're bringing gifts. And he saw it. He Mm -hmm. saw it in advance. And then, can you imagine Mary and Joseph, these poor people that, you know, birthed in a stable and evidently have a little house maybe by the time the wise men show up, and and their baby is being bowed to by these wealthy men and being given gold. Wow. And that is what we believe um, facilitated them living in Egypt, because they had nothing. And then they had to flee, right? Um, So that Jesus wasn't killed. What are Mm. they going to live on? They're immigrants. Oh, how about gold? Right, we can hawk the frankincense, right? Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So fun. It is. So um, we're in Isaiah now, Isaiah 7, 14. All right, then, the Lord... (laughs) Is that part of the verse? (laughs) It is in the New Living Translation, and it doesn't even sound like it's part of the verse. It does, and I was like, is that a Sharon word in the beginning? (laughs) Sounds like it, but I did not do the New Living Translation. (laughs) All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So Isaiah is giving validation to this by saying the Lord himself will give a sign. Like This isn't just him Mm -hmm. speculating. And the sign is a virgin birth. So this is completely unheard of and quite impossible from a human perspective. We can't manifest this. We cannot... Science is trying. I don't think we can do it yet. <laughs> and also, it's really there's a really big hint with the name Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. So that's kind of cool. So then we read in Matthew 1.18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So here we have the fulfillment, the anticipation of Emmanuel. He is yes. with them now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cool. He is here, and Mary was unwed and still a virgin, and she conceives a baby. And that's only through the power of the Holy Spirit could this have happened. Right. And it states it clearly how it came about. Yes, yes. Amazing. And Isaiah saw it beforehand. Yeah. And when the New Testament was written, and they're explaining all this, they use passages like this yeah. to understand it. Jesus is God with us. Mm. Isaiah told them that long time ago. I think that's so neat. I do too. Oh my (laughs) goodness. And again in Isaiah, because Isaiah just got the lion's share of all this. got all the fun prophecies about the baby. I super want to meet him in heaven. I know. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay, so I've got Isaiah 9, 6 or 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, 
Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Oh, that's Just, a cool verse. I know. <laughs> like, you better believe this is going to happen, right? Yeah. So there's a ton in here, the fact that there's a child born, which we've already talked about, mm. the fact that he's called Mighty God, God mm. with us again. Yes. You know, it's God in flesh. The, the embedding of the Trinity is here, right mm. here at the beginning. Um, but what we're going to look at in this one is that it's from his ancestor David. Yeah. And so that's why... Um, everybody looking for Messiah would look for someone from the line of David. It had yeah. to be from the line of David. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So Luke 1, 31 to 32 says, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. Mm. So there it's spelled out really, really clearly. Yeah. You are the one. Yeah, you came. This to one line. is coming. Yes, Very exactly. Neat. So there it is. Well, and mine kind of continues from that too a little bit. Um, I'm in Isaiah 11, 1 through 2. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So again, it's kind of tracing Jesus's lineage through mm -hmm. David, but this is an interesting view on it. Um, so from what I can gather, Jesse's family was a bit obscure before David became king; like they weren't, you know, really well known. Right. And then again, Mary and Joseph were not well known or nope. famous or prominent. And Jesus came from a long line of messy, broken people. He did. David's line was kind of a hot mess. <laughs> you know, he was an adulterer and a murderer. Rahab the prostitute. Then way back with Adam, the bringer of original sin. You know, the list is not impressive nor is there a lot of wisdom or understanding in the family line thus far <laughs> but god <laughs> but god steps in and then in verse um in john 3 34 it says for he is sent by god he speaks god's words for god gives him the spirit without limit so i think the anticipation here is this healing i think this new shoot this new mm -hmm. branch of david's mm -hmm. family that mm -hmm. has the spirit without limit the spirit that gives wisdom and understanding um counsel and might knowledge and fear of the lord so it's like this strong fresh new sprout that we can safely trust trust yes. and look to so it is he is from the line of david but he's going to be the real true king the one that will yes. have the spirit of god mm -hmm. so i think that's part of it because that was kind of hard to find you know but he's a spirit without limit he has access to all of this without end and he will not fail exactly he will not fail like every other person i mean all our genealogies are messy let's face oh, it yeah. and we we contribute to the mess yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. so this is so cool and i love that trinity is here again mm. right spirit Right. The spirit of, so you see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, even in these verses. It's so neat. Oh, There's amazing. So much in them. Yeah. Okay, well, we're moving from Isaiah, although we didn't have to. There's probably more there. But, I know. <laughs> uh, we're going to a kind of a sad verse. Jer mm. Jer poor Jeremiah. He's, <laughs> he was kind of sad. He's called the weeping prophet for yeah. a reason. <laughs> he spent most of his life miserable. I mean, mm. his job was to basically bemoan the fact that Israel was going to be taken into captivity right. because they wouldn't listen, and they didn't listen. And God said, they won't listen to you, but say it anyways. Oh. 
I know. Sad. That's a tough job. I I think he must be so happy to be in heaven now. (laughs) Probably. On the other side of all this. Yeah. (laughs) So, but this is a particularly brutal um, verse. It says this. This is what the Lord says. A cry is heard in Ramah, or Ramah. Deep anguish, bitter weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for her children are gone. Mm. I get that. How, how, don't comfort me. Mm. My child was taken from me. Mm. Nobody, you do refuse to be comforted to begin with. You've got to grieve it out, oh, right? Yeah. It's a horrible thing. Children are supposed to outlive their parents. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, it, it is a, a grief I've watched friends walk through that is unimaginable. Mm. It's just awful, awful, awful. And when it happens under the circumstances in which Jeremiah saw it, It's like triple awful. Mm. So let me read what happened in Matthew 2.16. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. Because, of course, Herod had said, oh, come back and tell me when you find the Messiah. Because basically I'm going to kill him. Right. right? And the the wise men got a dream that said, don't you be going back to Herod. Right. He's (laughs) no good. (laughs) So anyways, Herod's furious. So he sent soldiers to kill all the boys mm. in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Mm. What kind of a brutal person does that? I oh, know. I can't, I don't, I don't want to even think about it, Nicole. Mm. The thought of a sweet mama with her firstborn son or her thirdborn son, it doesn't even matter what born son, right. her two-year-old or her infant, because oh, it was two and under. Yeah. What did they ever do? I know. Nothing. Mm. Of course there was crying. Of course Rachel, representing Israel, yes. is saying, I refuse to be comforted. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone this to scream no and pull out my hair. Yeah. They killed my children. Mm. Unbelievable. The battle that raged when God entered Mary and and distilled himself as a baby was intense oh, yeah. in the spiritual realm because here comes Messiah, the one that's going to save us from death. Mm-hmm. And Satan, the enemy, is going to nip at that heel as much as he can. Oh, he's not going down without a fight. No, he, he is not going everything down. everything. Uh-uh. And you him. know, all I can think of is Joseph was chosen so well, of course, God chose well, <laughs> because if he had not obeyed instantly, yeah. like he gets the dream, mm-hmm. get up and go. What if he'd like, okay, well, I need to kind of tie things up here. Oh, right. I, I would have been more likely doing that. Right. But Are you no, sure, no, God? Right, Egypt? Right. Like it's kind of, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was gone in a heartbeat. And if he hadn't, Jesus would have been killed. Mm, right. So what a wonderful oh, earthly goodness. protective daddy he was yeah. that saved Jesus' life. Oh, I never thought about that about yeah. Jesus. That's so sweet. Yeah. And it's so stunning to me that God let Jer- Jeremiah see this tragedy mm. hundreds of years before. And I think it's because God knows it was a tragedy. God oh. is grieved too. He yeah. doesn't He doesn't love evil. Um, and I bet all those little babies are so loved in heaven that died. But oh. what an awful... Awful, awful thing. I know, and he saw all those mamas in their grief, Yes, too. he did. That he was did. really sweet. Yeah. All right, so Hosea, <clears throat> Hosea 11, 1 says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. 
So this one is really interesting. I think there's two parts, actually three parts to this I saw. Um, <laughs> the first was kind of the reference to salvation. You know, when Israel was a child, you know, disobedient, kind of willful, I loved him. And I called my son out of Egypt. So without, we can't, we can't procure our own salvation. Neither could Israel, neither could mm-hmm. his son. You know, we're, mm-hmm. there's nothing of our own merit that allowed this salvation. You know, the calling out of Egypt. Egypt at that time was their oppressor, was yes. just miserable. So there's that. Then there's actual Israel was called out of Egypt. Yes. <laughs> he called the whole nation out of there and saved them from Egypt. Uh-huh. But then also, we'll go to Matthew 2.13. Says after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So here we see the actual calling out of his son out of Egypt, because yes. he was going to be killed, you know? So I think the anticipation here. God's protection and perfect plan for us. Yes. You know, this seemed like such a scary place for his only son to be in, surrounded by the horrific death of all the peers, all the little boys in his life that he mm-hmm. would have grown up with, mm-hmm. you know, and then having to flee for his life with his parents. Like we were just, you'd mentioned earlier, they were not wealthy people. And mm-hmm. the type of work that Joseph did, he probably had established some clients and established himself. And to have to uproot that and leave to a foreign country with your little two-year-old and your wife, yeah. and then have to reestablish you know, your work in a new place. Uh-huh. And Egypt wasn't exactly a godly nation. No. They had a horrific history with them. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned, too, Joseph's faithfulness and trusting God to go to this place that seemed like a terrible idea. Yes. <laughs> go to Egypt, God? Yes, yes. <laughs> and to listen. You know, I think... Sometimes we despair when life gets tough, you mm-hmm, know, like, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't God's best for us. We must have messed up. But look at what God led Jesus through. I know. You know, yeah. God did not abandon his son and he will not abandon us. No. Even when it seems like evil has won, God made a way to protect his son. Yes, he sure did. And then he calls the son out of Egypt back to Israel eventually. Yes. And it's, it's like, if you read this verse before it all, you're like, wait. What? Wait, the Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. How, How is he, he being called out of Egypt? <laughs> yeah. But he was. He was. He was left there for a time in kind of a scary situation as well. And then he brought him back to right. where he needed him to right. be. So an, uh, a prophecy that didn't make sense becomes right. sensible. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, Micah. This is one of my favorites because <laughs> it's about a tiny thing. Oh. I, like, I like the tinies. <laughs> Micah 5.2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. I love that. And that is why, of course, when the wise men said, we're here for the Messiah, Mm. the um, rabbis that Herod had them consult said, Bethlehem. Because... Micah because five two, message. actually, because of Micah five two, right That's there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So people knew he's come from Bethlehem, which is why going back to I'm calling my son out of Egypt would have mm-hmm. been like what? He's supposed to be in and yet it was both. Yeah. yeah. So so here it is, Luke two one through seven. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Parentheses. This was <laughs> the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Hmm. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, Hmm. he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea 
David's ancient home. Hmm. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger Hmm. because there was no lodging available for them. Hmm. So it was a census during Quirinius's reign, which Luke is very specific. So that's actually how we know in Jesus, the right time frame. Wow. Um, so fascinating. Yeah. But Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. So mm-hmm. God used a secular ruler who thought it was time to find out how many people he had, <laughs> right? <laughs> to bring about To bring prophecy. Joseph to Bethlehem. Wow. Unbelievable yeah. how the prophets could prophesy this years before it happened and how it doesn't even seem like it would have. They lived in Nazareth. Right. How would they end up over there? So many prophecies, Nicole. Looking at them all as a whole, what stood out to you the most? This is this was so fun. You know, God gave so many gave the prophets so many little and big clues, and he gave so many details and so many seemingly random and unconnected things that needed to be fulfilled in order for Christ to have been the correct Messiah. You know, yes. I remember in um, high school, one of my teachers had talked about. I think there's over 400 plus prophecies about. Jesus so coming. many. And he said that for that to have been a random occurrence that Jesus just ran, it's like the entire world was covered with little like one by one tiles. And that one tile had a star on it. If you just walked over the entirety of the earth and randomly picked up one of those tiles and it found the star, that's how improbable it would be for someone to just randomly fulfill all of these prophecies. So yeah. it had to be God ordained that Jesus came when he did yes. and all these events lined up. It just It's mind boggling to, it? <laughs> to wrap your head around that. It really <laughs> is. It is. It's a stunning testimony mm. to why the word of God is so important to us. Yes. And why we can trust it. We have actually no time to talk about looking for a second coming because he spent (laughs) the entire time on his first. But I will say this, we can trust the prophecies, even the ones we don't completely understand yet when Jesus is coming back, because it'll be like it was for these guys. It'll be, aha. That's what you meant. That's what you meant. Right. Yeah. And they'll all be fulfilled. I have no doubt. But they all come about in his time, in his way. So we can just trust that he's got this. Even if it seems super obscure, like this won't happen, trust God. He's got it. He'll make a way. He's got it. And he sees the whole of history from beginning to end Mm. now. We live in a tiny little timeline part of it. But God sees the beginning from the end. He does. And, and so, I mean, obviously, he knows where the end is. He's already seen it. Right. So we can trust. And I love it that he gives us glimpses mm. just to reassure us that he's got this. Yeah. Even the hard things. So, so good. Well, let me pray. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the coming of Messiah. Thank you that you did distill yourself. Um, into human flesh and came as a weak and helpless little baby. Thank you for the rescue into Egypt and back. Thank you for all the things. Thank you for the fight that went on so that we could live with you forever because of the death and resurrection of your son. We honor you this Christmas. We love that we can anticipate the return of the King, Mm. Jesus, someday. Hallelujah. Mm. In your name, Lord. Amen. What a reassurance we have that God's words are true. As you worship the Lord Jesus this Christmas, remember all the planning that God did in order to bring us home to Him someday and whisper an extra prayer of thanks. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.